Showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back on Planet Mongo in our recording studio set up just outside Emperor Ming's throne room. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me as always is the Zarkov to my flash, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. How are you feeling today, Dr. Christados? Hello, Christados. Dr. Christados speaking from Mongo, Planet Mongo. Sending messages. I receive you. I receive oh. you. Uh, welcome back, Pat. Hello. Well, it's great to be back here on Planet Mongo. Things You've been here a while. Good. I know. You've been missing from like the last couple Saturday matinee theaters. Nice to have you back. It's good to be back. And also joining us is the ugliest Dale Arden of all time. It's my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. How are you today, Jason? You got to be careful what you're drinking, baby. <laughs> Don't let nobody build cows be you. I'm done. I'm Thank like you. It. Thanks, I'm <laughs> pretty sure that was MJ. <laughs> it's not MJ. It's Dale Arden. I'm getting ready to get married, baby. You're drinking roofied up wine. What kind of man are you? Tell you what. That being the merciless more man than you'll ever be. <laughs> and of course, we have with us the merciless ruler. It is Emperor Delvin the Dark Web Williams. How do you do, Your Excellency? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Just leaving a word of warning with you guys that can't outscheme a schemer. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Cannot outscheme a schemer. And the Emperor of Mongo is a schemer. He is. Like you may not think he is, but I always come through at the end. Just remember that. All right. And with that, we do have a guest who's actually putting up with all the shenanigans tonight. We have with us for the first time on Mongo. He's been to 221B a couple times, but his first trip to Mongo. We have Mr. Alan J. Porter, writer extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you, guys. I was going to say it's a pleasure to be here, but after the last few minutes, I'm not sure anymore. I think I might be here. <laughs> I don't be like that, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore Dale Arden slash Mary Jane yeah. over there. All right. It's great to be back. So, Oh, good, good. We're glad to have you, and you get to do the guest questions. What is your first memory of Flash Gordon, and what is your favorite iteration of the character, sir? I'm guessing the first memory I have is actually from the weekly comic book series. I actually, so growing up in the UK in the 60s and stuff before VCRs and all that stuff, the only way you kept up with your favorite TV shows was the weekly comics. They used to have anthology comics like this one. I know it's very visual for TV Tornado. TV Tornado. Yeah, this is actually number three from January 1967. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and I used to grow up reading this and it can see it's Superman, Batman, Man from Uncle, Bonanza. And then if I can get this right on the camera that way. Oh, oh there's Flash. 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 Wow. That's a nice lineup of fun. So I guess that was my first exposure to <laughs> Flash Gordon was uh, was in those comics. That I actually just reread the strip in here. It's a two-page strip with Flash, Dale, and Zarkov underneath Mount Vesuvius in their spacesuits meeting a race of people from Mercury, who are now living under Mount Vesuvius on Earth for some obscure reason. No idea where that came from or where it was going, but that was my first exposure to Flash Gordon was just as filler material in the comics that I was buying to read the other strips like Batman, Man from Uncle, The Saint, and so forth. I have a question. Did Dale faint in this comic series? Not in the two pages that were in this issue. I'm sure she did. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. But I'm sure she did. 
So actually, my favorite incarnation of Flash Gordon is not Flash Gordon. It's Buck mm. Rogers. I'm more of a Buck Rogers guy than a Flash Gordon guy. Big into Buck Rogers. Not so much into Flash Gordon, but as Buster Crab played both characters, I'll go with it for the show. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. He did? I had no idea. He did. He played Buck Rogers in the early Buck Rogers serials. Yeah. Right. As I found yeah. out, too, he had a guest appearance in the 1970, was it, 78, 79 Buck Rogers he television? Yeah, Gil he Gerard. did. That's yeah, cool. He did. One of their two-part specials, he played a veteran space pilot. Yep. Yep. So. Oh, that's cool. I need to go back and watch that. Well, you probably win a prize for best origin story and best iteration. So congratulations. Good. Can I go now? <laughs> you can leave at any time, really. Dale's going to be bringing it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Dale will deliver your prize to your door. Where did I put that prize? <laughs> Yikes. Oh, Pat, save us and tell everybody what the show is all about. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we'll continue our dive into 1936's Flash Gordon serial, Space Soldiers. <laughs> I'm far away, so it takes the lasers. <laughs> 1936's Flash Gordon serial was produced by Henry McRae. It starred Buster Crabbe as Flash Gordon, Gene Rogers as Dale Arden, Charles Middleton as Emperor Ming, Priscilla Lawson as Princess Aura, and Frank Shannon as Professor Zarkoff. So grab your ray gun, fire up your rockets, and blast off to adventure. But watch out for the unicorn ape. <laughs> I'll get you. Exciting electronica as always, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back. It is good to have you back. Delvin. Chapter 9 was titled Fighting the Fire Dragon. Director was Frederick Stefani with writers Frederick Stefani, Ella O'Neill, George Plimpton, and Basil Dickey. With guest stars James Pierce as Prince Dunn, Richard Alexander as Prince Baron, Jack Lipson as King Voltan, and Theodore Lorch as the High Priest. As a reminder, all 13 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode and then we're going to discuss it. So there are probably some spoilers heading your way. Again, if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. And at less than 20 minutes per episode, it's not a big time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Flash. Jared. Hashtag I'm following Flash. Jason. Hashtag I'm following Flash. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Flash. Alan. Hashtag I'm following Flash. Everyone is following Flash. Hope you are too. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary.
listeners will remember that when we last saw Flash, he was struggling in a battle with an orangapoid, which is a gorilla with a unicorn horn. As usual, it's Princess Aura to the rescue. She learns the secret of how to defeat the beast, steals a spear, joins Flash in the combat arena, and helps Flash defeat the orangapoid. And yet, Flash still has his eye on Dale. I don't get it either. (laughs) Emperor Ming pretends to keep his word and has all the key players back to his fortress so that Flash, as the rightful winner of the arena of death, may choose his bride. And his sights are set on Dale, and Aura ain't having that. Aura, with the help of High Priest, slips Flash a Mickey and then gives him a second pill to erase his memory. Just as Aura and Flash are about to escape to a secret palace via the Tunnel of Terror, the High Priest betrays Aura and awakens the flame-breathing dragon. Oh, and Flash's father back on Earth has started receiving communications from Dr. Zarkov. Will the High Priest get his comeuppance for his betrayal? Will Flash wake up in time to not get fried? Will Aura rescue Flash again? Tune in and find out. And with that, it is time to go into our highs and lows. Alan knows how this works very well because he's been to Baker Street before. So, Alan, you get to lead us off with either a high or a low on your thought for this episode. Well, I'm actually going to break the rules and give you two highs because one isn't in the show. So the first one is actually in the credits. So you guys have been watching this series. Mm -hmm. The title cards, like the second title card along when they've crashed, there's like a tree with a whole bunch of people writhing around in the Mm -hmm. background. Yeah, yeah, we're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the high of that was basically my wife and I sat there staring at that for like about three minutes trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And we just decided (laughs) it was some sort of arborial orgy. Um, (laughs) I mean, what is it? What the hell is it? It's a great band name, first of all, arborial orgy. (laughs) (laughs) Early on in the series, they cut this ceremony and it was supposed to be part of that and really it's not even from this serial it's from another movie and it was just so ornate and stuff as often they would do with serials they would steal from other movies to make their seem like a higher production value so it's supposed to be some ceremony and they kind of spliced it in that's where it comes from okay all right it's okay. weird though it is weird it's weird it's really weird <laughs> first time it's like what the hell are we watching <laughs> things so, are getting freaky on Monday. yeah so my other high point you just mentioned flashy's father was that like elderly scientist guy meant to be Flash's father? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Oh, okay. So one of my favorite points was where the underling basically completely undermined him in front of yes. the boss. Well, actually, they're transmitting on the so-and-so wavelength. And, uh, <laughs> what I found quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> the other thing that I find quite fascinating is how you ever became my superior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just loved it. Yeah. But that was one of my high points. Yeah. Dad should have been like, hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome insights for the first round even though you took two which is perfectly okay for everybody except for pat <laughs> <laughs> pat's famous for going okay i only have one high and it's the story i like this part and this part and this part and this that's how you do it uh we're on to you anyway it's jason's turn jason what do you got a high or a low maybe a what the I'm going to go with a high. I really liked the political machinations in, in this episode. <laughs> I thought that that was really neat to see Ming brought to heels a little bit by Prince Volton. Because mm-hmm. Prince Volton was like, he'd had enough. Rules are rules. These are your laws. You have to enforce them. He said, he even said, or there might be somebody else that's mm-hmm. basically sitting in your yeah. chair. Ballsy move by Volton. I like that. I didn't and, appreciate that. I know you did. 
Well, I know, yeah. I know, I know if Dave were here, he'd be concerned because it's Ming the Merciless, not Ming the Negotiator. Right. <laughs> well, but but Ming the Merciless knows like he's not in his safe zone right now. So he counter moves by bringing them all back to his fortress or whatever you want to call it. And Aura, who's like, she's not having any of this eyes on Dale thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you guys. I don't understand at this point what's left to question, man. It, I'm on Team Aura all the way. But so she's making deals and you got the priest and the Ming's pretty much telling the priest like, look, come morning, either Flash is dead or you're dead. One of these two things is going to happen. He's like trying to trick Aura and it's just all these different maneuvers going on and I like it. It's a little bit of a breath of fresh air after a lot of good action scenes. This changed the tone a little bit and I like that. Definitely. Added layers of intrigue. Good observation. Let's see if Delvin can keep good observations rolling. What do you got? Kind of a what the of sorts. Flash low. Like, Guys, come gather and we're close. I'm going to tell you the secret of how you take out a big, unstoppable creature. Keep it from breathing. Big <laughs> <laughs> spear and stick it in there. <laughs> stick it in there. Anywhere. Just stick it. Just stick it. Like, what? <laughs> that was it? No, no. Like, and he didn't even whisper it to her. He was, like, yelling it to her. I don't know. I, I know they, they had to come up with something, but that was... Somebody betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it? Yeah, was so... it you? Was it you? Was it you? <laughs> In fairness, Ming is about 130, so maybe he's a little bit <laughs> short of hearing. And I'll add to that level of MacGuffin to say, how many MacGuffins did it take to advance this story? Because at one point, the story is basically like, okay, it looks like Flash is going to marry somebody that's gonna be it was like no wait no if you take these MacGuffins here and give them to Flash and then send them through this MacGuffin then you can get what it how, could, how confused was Flash do you think we woke up <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a bad storytelling necessarily, but it was like, okay, so this pill makes him go to sleep, and this pill makes him forget his memory, and then we're going to take him through this imaginary tunnel with this danger thing. (sighs) Is it too much for you to keep up with? It it wasn't, but it was almost like if they were in the writer's room, they're kind of like, okay, that's it. The story's going to end. It's like, we're only on episode nine. Oh, 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 crap. (laughs) We got to come up with something. Here's some magic beans magic beans that's a good idea let's throw the magic beans at them that's all i'm saying it was a little funny that's all all right what do you think pat Let's see how many highs or lows Pat can squeeze into this round. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to piggyback off of what Delvin was talking about. And I got a, a what the. And my what the is, or maybe it's a what if. What if Aura forgot which pill to give Flash? <laughs> <laughs> and, Would it and, matter? Well, they look like the same pill. So it's like, how are you going to know which one is which? So Would it matter? Yeah, probably not. You have one in one hand. and one in- <laughs> To erase his memory and but then he, put, he him put it in the same hand. He either took the pills or he didn't take the pills. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it would kind of turn. I don't know if it would. It'd probably turn out the same way, but still, it'd be interesting. <laughs> That's working on an alternate storyline, <laughs> and we'll bring it back to Alan for the second and possibly final round. What do you think, Alan? Other thoughts? I'm gonna go with a bit of a what the the title of this one was called "Fighting the Fire Dragon." Yes, nobody was fighting the fire dragon. <laughs> I know that, that, was, that was false advertising, man. That was false advertising. Flash you Gordon mean... was asleep when that damn thing turned out. I know he's still sleeping when we last. Yeah, still, yeah. He was fighting in 
insomnia. I'll tell you though, I can't wait till he wakes up just to see the look. (laughs) What the hell is happening? But fighting the fire dragon is the first album for our our boreal orgy. (laughs) In that case, I don't know. Is 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 that a euphemism then? What is fighting the fire? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> the questions don't need to be answered. I still think it's better than waking up next to Prince Baron, though. If he, yeah, <laughs> they were woken up like, were like, what? What just happened, happened now? <laughs> I need two more of those memory erasers. <laughs> <laughs> two more memory erasers <laughs> now. Just, just right there to the thing. <laughs> well, see, it goes back to my thing. If they both were drugged and took that first, they would have been both woken up and both would have been, what am I doing next to this guy? Well, hold on. <laughs> If they both took the sleepy pills, then how were they able to rouse the prince then? Shouldn't he have been out for two two days or something? Zarkov took something out of his short shorts. He had a wake-up pill. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? He kind of like That's did something right. to his That's hand right. or something. It's all coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. He did. Why, why yeah. not? I mean, one more. what's one more MacGuffin? And they have a pool full of MacGuffins. It's a question for you. The short shorts. Does nobody in the future wear pants? Not yet. Mongo dress coat, no pants? I think Flash only put on pants when he went to fight in the arena. That was the only time he ever wore pants. He came there with pants. Yeah, it's a pants-free future, man. It's, it's the future I want to live in. It's currently <laughs> a pants-free future. But me and DJ Christatos, we're going to change that. <laughs> we're going to corner the market on pants and crack cocaine. <laughs> Thank you, Sean Connery appearance on the show. Ironically, it's Jason's turn for a higher or a low. I'm going to throw in at this point that Princess Ara gets another high for me, man. I really like her. I dig her. I mean, she never gives I up. Guess, I know. And it's like, I get it. I guess she's like 1936 evil, mm-hmm. but she's 2020 woman, man. She I, is. Yep. We talked about this before about yeah. how like times have changed and the fair haired lady who swoons all the time was the princess and the beauty back then. But under those modern lenses, like Ara's, she's hot and she's uh-huh. Things done. Hashtag shoot your shot. Nineteen thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> She's defeating orangipoids and. She ain't quitting. Yeah, this guy, Flash, he would have been dead a half dozen times over by now if it wasn't for her. She is resourceful, she's tough, she's smart, and she stands by her man. He jumped in the pit Mm -hmm. with the orangipoids. You could have died to to give him that secret. (laughs) And he's like, I think I like Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he comes out, he's like, I know nothing. And even at the end there, when that fire-breathing dragon came out, she knows that's the end there, but she's not even flash everybody else is turning and running away but she's staying put so. by him. As a matter of fact she kind of like i mean she tried to wake him up and then sort of like shielded him a little bit yeah i'm telling yeah. you fellas i we well i think we've all figured it out man we all want a woman's gonna jump into that orangipoid pit with us that's who we want <laughs> speaking of that name they only came up with it for this episode we didn't know what that thing was last episode this episode it's, it's an orangipoid like <laughs> oh sweet we'll never need to know that again <laughs> and as a reminder, inside the orangipoid suit is Crash Corrigan, who had his own set of cereals in the 1930s. So, yeah, Duke got around. Wonder what other kind of poids are out there. <laughs> well, we got to check in with our Delvinopoid and see what he has to say. It's his turn. <laughs> That's Delvin when he's got a fake horn. <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to put on that ice cream cone. (laughs) (laughs) This pin lights up. (laughs) I'm jealous. 
I want to light up him. I'll go with a high. I got to give Ming credit. Ming had the scheme of schemes. At this point, uh, he, he is a trend observer, and he's saying that no matter what, Aura is going to jump in the way and do something to interfere with Flash's whole thing. And he planned that whole thing, and then the high priest sprung the trap and was like, this is going to be my way to finally get rid of Flash. Master stroke by Ming, and it's about time. It, it, this is He's kind of seemed outwitted and kind of not prepared, and Voltan's kind of gotten the better of him at least a couple of episodes, but episode nine, this was, this was Ming's episode. I give him a lot of credit for his big reveal at the end that he was the one pulling the strings behind that whole thing. That's fair. Pat, you get the last thought, so I think we all know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I'll go off my notes here. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Buckle in, fellas. Buckle, yep. It's going to be a wild ride here. I really uh, did enjoy watching the fight between the uh, unicorn ape and Flash. And, uh, of course, you guys have mentioned it at Aura and come to the rescue there. Like the change of clothes from Dale and Flash. They got new clothes once they got mm-hmm. to Mongo. So Dale wasn't looking too bad. See, I'm a little, I like a little Dale here and there. And she's pretty, no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's a good looking, she's a good looking lady. Nothing wrong with Dale per se. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I prefer a woman I don't have to carry because she's fainted every episode. <laughs> <laughs> She's on. She's on a two-episode streak, though. Of not. I thought. She, I thought she was going down when she saw the when she saw the uh, fire creature. I yeah. thought. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we she go. Up. To her credit, she stayed up. She's tough. In fairness, I'm here fainted. That thing was terrible. Oh, <laughs> you mean the chicken lobster fire breather <laughs> <laughs> with the lobster hands? But imagine you're just you falling asleep, right? And you wake up and that's <laughs> the point you're you have no memories. It's just that thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> imagine if it was half chicken and half lobster. It would be delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Flame broiled. <laughs> Pre-roasted, yeah. Yep. <laughs> One other thing is just, uh, do you guys notice when Baron was choking that guy? Was he really choking him? He's choking him, but it wasn't really effective. Well, let's talk about how weak Emperor Ming's guards are under interrogation. It's like, <laughs> what's the secret? I'm not going to tell you. What's the secret? Okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> If you're going to raise your voice, (laughs) can at least pull off a hangnail or something? Like, ow, that really stung. I don't want that to happen again. Now I'll tell you, just nah. (laughs) A light throttle, that's enough. I will spill every ounce of every secret I've ever known. Is that it, Pat? Well, I'm not. Since it's been a while, I got one more thing. Let's talk about flash fights. I got flash fights the unicorn ape. Yep. Flash fights Dale's worrying. Okay. <laughs> and flash flights sleep. <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> Those are the things that Pat's been watching that Flash has fought in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well done. Exit light. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody else any last burning comments before we close out highs and lows? Actually, I have I have a burning question for you guys, and this is probably may have been addressed in one of the other episodes. So in the title cards, they said there's this whole thing with Volton City is meant to be falling over or something, and it says Zarkov has developed some some ray that holds it up, but mm-hmm. he can only use it if Flash fights in the ring. And then they fight in the ring and Flash wins, and nobody ever mentions this fact that Volton <laughs> this ray or his <laughs> Volton City still falling over and Zarkov just blows it off and spends his time calling Earth and doesn't bother rescuing Volton City. Volton doesn't seem bothered by it. He never mentions it. <laughs> no, no. The city is essentially saved. Okay. He saved the city but he was like uh, I'll turn this thing off if you don't give Flash a fair shot. Uh, okay, so he turned it on and then yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So he okay. did save the city. Okay. I was worried about that. I was getting sleepless <laughs> nights over the fact that all the whole time were going to be falling off the edge of that city. <laughs> yeah, it has a lot to keep up with it when you think about it. Anybody else? Nah, I think I said what I had to say. Okay. Let's roll into fun facts with Jared. And tonight, I'm going to blow you guys' mind. Except for Alan. He hasn't been around, so it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> but here's the thing. We've been calling this Space Soldiers for a long time. Uh-huh. Its original title was not Space Soldiers. It was mm-hmm. just Flash Gordon. What happened was they started bringing this 1936 serial to television in 1951. And then in 1954, Flash Gordon gets his own TV show starring Steve Holland. So now you have Flash Gordon TV show, and there's also these episodes of Flash Gordon the serial running at the same time. So to avoid confusion, they changed the title of the serial to Space Soldiers. So we've been calling it Space Soldiers the whole time, thinking that was original title, but it was just called Flash Gordon when it was mm. ran, ran originally. So that kind of blew my mind. So there you have it. That is interesting. Follow that train of logic. That does actually answer some questions that I've had, because I, I sometimes have a hard time finding the right episode, because I search for Flash Gordon Space Soldiers, and they've got different Space Soldiers mm-hmm. types. Titles. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why in the world did they do that? But that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, and then there's another serial that comes after this one called Flash Gordon's Trip to Mars, which became Space Soldier's Trip to Mars. And everything got renamed, and hence the confusion, Jason. Same thing for me. Sometimes when I go looking for the episodes on YouTube, you got to really make sure you're on the right one. My second and final fun fact for today is kind of fun. We've all heard the noises that the rocket ships make, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. That's my best impression of it. And it's kind of a funny sound, right? It just kind of sounds weird. That, well, how's that? song go there you go (laughs) well the noise of the rocket ship's propulsion sounds suspiciously like propeller aircraft from the 1930s and if you think about it that stands to reason as rockets and jets had not been invented yet so their sound effect does sound more like a propeller and i thought well that's interesting perspective you know that we may not have thought of that is they sound more propellery than rockety because they didn't have reference for a rockety sound effect and pat (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it for fun facts with jared and now let's get into our ray gun ratings (laughs) (laughs) double's on it today everybody's got five ray guns to give to this episode if you give all five of your ray guns you loved it four means you thought it was very good three was good two was just okay and one i did not like it how many of the five ray guns are you giving to this show? Guest Alan J. Porter. I'm going to plumb right in the middle. I'll give you three ray guns. Three ray okay. guns. Yeah, it was good. I had fun. Excellent. Excellent. Pat, how many ray guns? I'm kind of against violence. So I'm replacing the ray guns since I wasn't here the last time with my vape guns again. No, oh, vape pens. Because, yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Great. Great. Yep. Sold here, especially on Mongo. Just make sure you stopped on by the Cristados store. <laughs> Buy two, get one free. Yep. Nope. Okay, how many of your five vape pens are you going to give? <laughs> well, Jared, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give it three. I'm with Alan. It was good. It wasn't over the top. It was okay. Move the story along. All right. Fair story mover. Jason? You know, I'm going to bump it up one and give it a four just for variety's Ooh. sake. I think that this was a breath of fresh air. We get to see a little bit more with the villains. This was a Princess Ara heavy arc as well, which I enjoyed. It's just a little bit different, and I think it, it boosted up a little bit for me. So four for me. Fair enough. Delvin? Oh, Jason, I give it a four as well. It was a good episode and a lot of intrigue. The double cross at the end alone was very good. And so were Aura's actions as well. Fair enough. And I'm going to join 
if Musical Genius Joe November was here, he'd give a 3.5. But I'm going to join Team 4 just because Ooh. it was a little different. It was more intrigue than action for once, and it was a, a refresh on that, I thought. I will go with a 4, and that rounds out our Ray Gun ratings. All we have left to do is get in the mailbag. Now, the mailbag should be light this week, yes or no? Do we have comments from last episode? We do, Jared. Oh, okay. I'm glad you asked. Okay, let's get to the Mongo mailbag. And we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members, and these are the fine folks of joined our crusade they enjoy discounts from my online store the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com forward slash vape pins two for one damn it pat (laughs) (laughs) hey hey gotta sell it when i can (laughs) you guys also get early access to special long box episodes you get to vote on show content and so much more so these are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show Gerald Green. I, the collector. Joe Thomas. Angelica Wolf. Bill from the Bat Pod. Blasted or Stashed. Braxton Underwood. Reggie Hancock. Ronald Gwent. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Ryan Daly. Bob Busta. David Capone. David Collins. Battle Wagon. Gene Hendricks. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. John and Maggie. Jose Poyo. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Ross Michaud. Timmy. Pull over. It's Toronto Cop. Eh? Jim Jellman. And one-time donor Bradford William. And we have a new one, John Watson. Hey, hey. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But no worries. Just let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out and perhaps attempt to sell you a vape pen. Two for one. By now, where supplies last. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Hey, Jared. Jared. Yes. It's been a while. I'm rusty. How do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's simple. As long as you're not Jason, you head over to patreon.com, search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. If you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. You can keep it short with star ratings. It just helps raise the profile of the show. We'll be happy to share your review on an upcoming show. We just like to hear from you. So it's time to get into our shares, likes, and retweets. I will kick it off with Al Sedano. Yeah. 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 Left our wallet with I gotta get it. I got to get it. Wow. How do we forget that? We are Angelica Fetty Wolf. Oh. oh. Bob Ryder. Caleb Alexander McKenzie. Cast Dice Podcast. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Gentlemen, let it roll. Down the highway. Allen on base. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Jason, finish it off. <laughs> nice. Clinton Robinson. Coffee and comics. David Collins at Old Ben One. David J. Gaborio. Fan Film Fridays podcast. Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. Jerry Green. Green Lantern HG Santa didn't get me so my heck. Sad story. <laughs> and his alter ego, Hal Jordan. Homeschooled film school. Ivan Chudley. Jake and Tom conquer the world. James Simonillo. Jay Sandlin. It's Johanna Albrecht. Michael J. Schumann. 
Michael Lane. Mike Peacock. Manila Monty. Patrick Shannon. Professor Frenzy. Rick Heineken. Ross Michaud. Ruth Sutherland. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Thanks, Sean. Tim Price. Come on down. Unpacking the power of Power Pack. Give him a beat. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, there ain't no packing like the unpacking power of the unpacking power of the power pack. That's packing the power. Packing the power. <laughs> okay. Alan had to survive through that. <laughs> and last but not least, Warlord Wells. Thank you, Alan. That leaves it to Delvin to snag a comment. All right, I will start with a comment from Green Lantern HG, who says, Great episode, guys. Fantastic guest with Old Ben 1, and he gets an honorary trophy that we call Halley for his, you suck as a fighter, and you lie. (laughs) He said it just like it. (laughs) That was well-deserved, though. That was very funny. That was funny. I wasn't on that show, but I listened to it. It was very funny. You know what? I'm just going to cheat and take the follow-up comment from Dave himself, who said he's getting T-shirts made with that quote, look for them soon at your neighborhood Goodwill. (laughs) I want a shirt that says you suck at fighting and you lie. But I need to spell it out like lie. Like the way you said <laughs> you got You just got to let the eye just die in your throat a little bit. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to take one here from Hal Jordan. And Hal says, a Patless and Jason-less episode. Crying face. But it was fun. Oh, We did our best. Thank you. I'm glad you missed me. All right. I'm going to, I'll go ahead and throw it out to Delvin here. This one says third hard fight for the Halley for this episode, but with a score of three to two Delvin for the win for his final comment. Oh, in that case, Rick is in expletive. (laughs) I remember that. That was funny. I hate that you won the Halley, but that was very funny. Congratulations. Yeah, it was funny. Jason, just take us home. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. Or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. Well, if you want to hear us on our trek through all the James Bond films, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jason, where can they find that? Jason's not here right now. Oh, no. It's me, Sean Connery. You can find this fine show at iTunes, Google Play, and all your fine podcasts. You can also find us at www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or go to Twitter at OHMSPod. I am totally sober. I am totally clean. Mm. And it's back to you, lads. Back to your playtime. I'm not clean at all. I'm high as a kite. And uh, somebody put him in his room. That that didn't take long. Put him in his room. Pants off. (laughs) Seconds. It took him seconds. I knew I shouldn't have had to move those big pens. Anyway, if you want to chat with us online, we can be found at... Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me at Christatos01 on Twitter. Delvin? You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. 
Jared. I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And let's find out where we can find Alan J. Porter. And be sure to pimp some things, Alan. You can find me at uh, Alan J. Porter on Twitter or alanjporter.com, our website. And that will get you links to all the good stuff and links to a few of my books if you want to go out and buy some stuff. So. I highly recommend that. If you're listening to this show, if you like Saturday Matinee Theater, he's written home stories uh, with Sherlock Holmes. He's done Alan Quartermain stories, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what other I vintage like characters have you run through? Those, those two spring to mind when I think of your work, but I don't know if I'm uh, I've done uh, Rick Ruby, which is a 1930s noir PI series. Nice. Uh, I've got a couple of in the hopper with the publisher. I've got a couple of Western short stories featuring Wild Bill Hickok and a Musketeer story, which both of those will hopefully be out in coming coming year. So, yeah. Oh, let us know when they come out. We'll happy, happily advertise them for you on the show, and we'll probably buy some as well. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be even better hey we love your work and we encourage you all to check it out what was the website again alan just alanjporter.com alanjporter.com y'all go out there and support alan he does some good stuff and jason i'll let you close it out well if you would like to interact with us with live chat be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles join us for our next episode of do it at live stream over on youtube we do them on the second sunday of every month and we always start at 3 30 p.m central time you can get signed up but for that, by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. And please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Well, that's it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. We'll see you next episode as we return to our coverage of the 1954 Sherlock Holmes TV series for the case of the perfect husband. The meetup location, 221B Baker Street. See you there. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Flash, boom, Flash, Seemingly, there are no logical explanations for these extraordinary intergalactical upsets. <laughs> oh, what's happening, Flash? Only Dr. Hans Zarkov, formerly of NASA, has provided any explanation. Four, three, two, one. Flash! Boom! Ah! He's a miracle! Ah! Oh, Flash! <laughs>
four, three, two, one. Flash! Boom.